This episode is brought to you by St. Louis Realtors 2023 Bronze Sponsor, Evergreen Property Inspectors. Thank you to Evergreen Property Inspectors and all of our 2023 sponsors. Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. My name is Karen Dunn, and I am the Director of Professional Development here at St. Louis Realtors. We are joined today by Alexia Smokler, who is the National Association of Realtors Director of Fair Housing Policy and Programs. We will discuss with her her leadership role in the development of Fair Haven, a fair housing simulation, as well as bias override, overcoming barriers to fair housing, along with April being Fair Housing Month. Alexia, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Karen. It's my pleasure. To start things off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at NAR? Sure. Well, as the Director of Fair Housing Policy and Programs, I kind of wear two hats. Um, I work out of Washington, D.C. on our advocacy team. So I am a registered lobbyist for NAR, and part of what I do is advocate in Washington, D.C., to Congress and federal agencies uh, for strong fair housing enforcement and for policies and programs that can help expand home ownership opportunities to people who've been historically shut out. So that's one of my hats. That's the fair housing policy hat. But today we're going to talk about the programs hat. And in that role, I lead NAR's ACT Fair Housing Initiative, ACT is an acronym. It stands for Accountability, Culture Change, and Training. Uh, We launched this initiative shortly after the Newsday investigation out of Long Island, New York. I'm sure many of your members are aware of this hidden camera investigation conducted by a local newspaper that partnered with a fair housing group. They had um, mostly out-of-work actors. You can find a lot of those in New York City um, do, uh, doing mystery shopping uh, of real estate brokerages or, or what's known in the fair housing world as testing. Uh, and they had hidden cameras and uh, the things that they captured um, were a, a wake-up call to us and to the industry that we needed to do a lot better. Um, the, the, the videos made national news. They were cited here in Washington in congressional testimony. Uh, in New York, they launched investigations in the legislature and the executive branch. So we knew that we had to do better. Uh, we had to step up. And so our leadership team approved this fair housing initiative. And so the, the two training programs that we're gonna talk about today Uh, are part of of that initiative. I am aware of uh, the Newsday investigation and just curious, one of the other programs that you're involved in is the NAR's discrimination self-testing program for real estate brokerages. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Alexia? Sure. So um, discrimination in real estate is often hidden. Um, unlike, you know, the times before the Fair Housing Act, when real estate professionals would simply refuse service um, to people based on their identity, you know, now they will provide some service. Um, but the question is, is it 
the same service. And a consumer is not really in a position to know whether they were treated differently from another consumer. So testing is a longstanding methodology that's been around, you know, since the 70s and acknowledged by the courts as very powerful evidence of discrimination. So when Brian Green, um, who formerly led Fair Housing Enforcement at HUD and is my boss, before he came to, uh, when he came to NAR and, you know, we were given the um, the instruction to launch a very robust fair housing program. Um, self-testing was, you know, uh, on, at the top of the list, um, and it, it's a compliance measure. Um, what what we offer, and it's still being piloted, so it's we're only working with a very few brokers right now. Is that a broker who who wants who who wants to? This is voluntary. Um, can have their agents tested with the mystery shoppers and then receive a confidential report. And then they can receive training or take any uh, corrective action that they think is necessary. And we think this is really important to, to root out what's really going on because you don't know what you don't know. And you don't see a lot of complaints because consumers don't necessarily know. So this is us being proactive and getting out in front of problems. Absolutely. Since you have such a fo focus on projects, you know, aimed at closing racial uh, and ethnic ownership gaps, I was wondering, was there something specific that got you interested in fair housing and making it part of your career, Alexia? Something that may have inspired or motivated you in the past? Yes. Um, well, I was raised that way. So my grandfather, Ned Smokler, um, was a member of what we think is uh, was the first racially integrated law firm in the United States in De my hometown of Detroit um, around the 1930s. And Papa Ned, um, as I used to call him, um, the, the stories I heard growing up was, were that Papa Ned would, um, sign leases for black attorneys downtown, um, when they could not get office space because of the color of their skin. Um, so this, uh, this, w these were the stories that I grew up hearing and the kind of behavior that we, you know, that I was raised to, to celebrate, um, Papa Ned, uh, I learned later after he stopped practicing law, became a home builder and built a lot of homes in Detroit um, for working class folks and a lot of uh, black GIs uh, coming back uh, after World War II and the Korean War who could not, in, in many instances, who could not use their GI benefits um, because of discrimination by lenders um, and, and other builders. Um, but but my grandfather made home ownership available to some folks in Detroit. When, when it, the the story of the um, Black World War II veterans is is a, a tragedy. Um, so few of them of the these members of the Greatest Generation were able to get home ownership. Um, so when I learned that about my grandfather later on in life, I I thought that was just as powerful as the legal work that he did. Absolutely. It's clearly in your DNA and uh, something that's an amazing legacy to be part of. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so, Alexia, for our listeners who might not know, uh, can you share with our audience why April 
has been designated as Fair Housing Month. And who originated the concept, if you know? Yeah. Um, so April commemorates the anniversary of the passage of the Fair Housing Act, which occurred in April 1968, seven days after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So the Fair Housing Act had been stalled in Congress for years and years. You know, the 1964 civil rights law was passed in the wake of JFK's assassination, that one outlawed discrimination in employment, public accommodations, places like restaurants. Then the 1965 Act, that was the Voting Rights Act, but they just could not get the fair housing law through. Uh, integrating neighborhoods was, was a bridge too far. And the real estate industry was very involved in the opposition to the Fair Housing Act. The N NAR created um, advocacy packets for our for our state and local associations to advocate against fair housing laws. We called it forced housing. Um, but the assassination of Dr. King galvanized the country and Lyndon Johnson was able to use that opportunity to get the law through Congress. And, and a year later, um, the first fair housing month celebration was held. I was just reading this history on the HUD webpage where civil rights advocates came together to celebrate that they had finally gotten this law through after so many years. Um, and we've commemorated it every year since. I know that's so fascinating. We know it wasn't a silver bullet for change, but it was definitely a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going back to Fairhaven. So it's widely thought that Fairhaven is one of the best ideas to come out of NAR. For listeners that may not know how the decision was made to make it a simulation and put it in that gamification format, which mm -hmm. was brilliant, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that come to be? Well, there were things that we saw in the Newsday um, videos that showed us that training was something that we needed to repair. I mean, first of all, they had fair housing trainers teaching people how to avoid getting caught, but <laughs> that was the worst of it. But you also saw the agents on hidden camera acknowledging what they weren't supposed to be doing. So they knew very well, I'm not supposed to do this. They even named it like steering. Mm -hmm. And then they did it anyway. So something wasn't resonating for them. Um, we needed to go deeper um, to, to help more people understand why these laws are so important and why we need to embrace them. And that's why in Fairhaven, we show those client point of view scenarios and the, the videos of the real people who've been impacted by housing discrimination, because we want people to have an emotional response. You know, so many fair housing classes are, you know, memorizing lists of dates and lists of provisions. And there aren't they don't necessarily give any context. Uh, and then, and, and so people don't really appreciate why these laws are so important. And then the piece about scenarios and gamification, you know, all the latest research on adult education shows that, you know, putting people in the situation where they have to make choices helps people understand the concepts a lot better than, you know, reading several paragraphs and taking a quiz. Um, 
So we we really wanted this training to resonate with folks and the 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 feedback that we've gotten has been, you know, really it's it's gotten the highest marks um in terms of applicability to my business. Um, you know, people have told us that they were angry, that they were in tears when they saw these client videos, um, and pledging to do better and stand up for their clients. You know, in a lot of these situations, it's some other party in the in the transaction who's discriminating against your client. And you have to know how to stand up for them and, and protect their rights. Um so we we've been really pleased with with the response and we're we're planning to um expand it. So watch out for more great content. I love it. So is, have you experienced any opposition to the program at all, Alexia? Very, very little. I did just get one um nasty gram last week, but I didn't even consider it rational. So I would say no. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, you know, I can say that our association was one of the first uh, realtor associations in Missouri to implement Fairhaven as required new member training education, right along with new member orientation and code of ethics. Have you seen this uh, as any kind of trend across the country with other associations? Yes, absolutely. I see associations all over the country adding it to their new member orientation. Oh, I love hearing that. What sort of positive change have you experienced since taking your position and launching Fairhaven? Well, I came to the real estate industry. My background is in fair housing enforcement. I worked at HUD. And so I'll admit that I was a bit reluctant to come here. And, you know, you've heard about my grandfather. That's sort of where I come from. Um, and I, I wasn't sure what to expect in this world, whether there be opposition. And But I have to say that the positive feedback and the number of members who've approached me to, to thank me for the work we're doing, has it's, it's the fuel that keeps me going every day. Um, and I think you'll see um, if you look at, at the positions that we take in Washington on our advocacy, um, that they're very strong in support of fair housing. And so we've transformed from that association that led efforts to oppose the Fair Housing Act to one that is a leading champion for it now. Well, we're very lucky to have you on the NAR team. Thank you for being a, per a person that cares about such a purpose in life. We appreciate that. Let's shift gears for just a moment to bias override, the bias override, overcoming barriers to fair housing uh, course. It started out as a 54 minute video that was in partnership with the Perception Institute of New York. Can you tell us how it evolved into a three hour class from there? That's now been, uh, I know in the state of Missouri, we have it approved for CE, and I'm sure that's true, continuing education. And I'm sure that's true across the country as well. The intent was always to produce a CE course, um, but, but then COVID hit. Um, so our ACT plan was approved at like the end of 2019. <laughs> so we had about three months and then COVID hit and so we produced the video, the 54 minute video kind of, um, you know, in the meantime. And actually, there's a funny story about, you know, that that the Perception Institute folks who who are my, you know, valued colleagues, Afua Addo and Rachel Godsell, 
were recording that video on their iPhones. Afua was in her apartment at, in Brooklyn at 3 a.m. trying to just have less traffic and less noise outside. Um, so that video really is a, is a product of the pandemic, and I think we're going to be retiring it soon. But we are um, about to launch, or in fact, we may have already launched, um, and you may be some of the first people to hear this, three short videos on implicit bias, um, five minutes each, um, that we hope folks can use in office meetings or, you know, different settings that are a little bit accessible, uh, more accessible. We have actors dramatizing scenes. Um, so look out for that. Um, but yes, the three-hour course, We I guess it's now been a uh, a year because we launched it la formally um, last April um, for Fair Housing Month. And we've now trained 100 trainers across the country. Um, and they had to go through two days of training to teach this content because as you know, Karen, you know, you can get into some sensitive conversations and people sharing and um, it's a delicate. And so the trainer has to be able to handle those those conversations. You're absolutely right. It does take some expertise to navigate those conversations. But the, the times that we have held it here, I can tell you that um, it has produced some of the most heartfelt uh, feelings and some of the uh, things that people want to talk about and disclose. So it's it has been the the foundation for setting the stage for those open conversations. And I'm you know I'm thrilled that we have that kind of uh, class that we can do that with our members. Um, the other thing, what do you think uh, the biggest impact is uh, from on the from these two programs, Alexia, from Fairhaven and Bias Override? Well, I think you named one, with, and you know, part of ACT is is culture change. Um, so you named one, which is just starting conversations. A lot, a lot of the feedback I got to Fairhaven also was like, "Wow, I didn't know this." this kind of thing even happened anymore. Um, this has really opened my eyes. I think there are a lot of people in the industry, especially maybe newer people who, who don't have much awareness of, of these issues and they don't know the history. And, and that's not just the new folks, but most of us don't know the history. Um, so I think it's a lot of um, opening people's eyes and, and with the emotional part, it's it's opening people's hearts. I, um, I think that is the first step towards more meaningful change in terms of policies. I agree. I agree. Uh, one of the things is that the Missouri Real Estate Commission this year, this renewal cycle has mandated that the core be fair housing. So oh, I think wonderful. that's, yes, I think that's going to go a long way to giving the um, exposure to our licensees, both realtors and non, that um, the, 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 we'll give them some insight into the history, because if they, if the history is not known, it's not easy to move forward and understand how the best way to move forward. So uh, we're very happy that the Missouri Real Estate Commission has done that. Um, and we look forward to presenting 
bias override and fair fair housing in many different formats here at the association. That's fantastic. And you know, that's another uh, project we did under ACT was looking at state licensing laws, um, both what fair housing training requirements they had. That was part one. Mm -hmm. Part two is looking at enforcement of fair housing violations against the license. We're researching that now. But for part one, we learned that half the states didn't require fair housing training at all to have a real estate license. And so our board of directors passed policy last May urging our states to work with their real estate commissions to require minimum regular fair housing training. It seems like low hanging fruit, right? So it's wonderful to hear that um, Missouri is moving in that direction. Thank you. We appreciate it. What three things would you want our listeners to walk away from this podcast knowing about Fair Haven and the Bias Override uh, course and just Fair Housing Fair Housing Month in general? I mean, every month should be Fair Housing Month, but um, what three things do you want our listeners to walk away with today? Well, I think for both the courses, um, it's not your usual class. Um, like I said, we don't want, you know, reading lists and memorizing and regurgitating. Um, we, re- we want you to have an experience where your heart and your mind are, are touched and opened in a new way. Um, so it's not, they're not boring. Um, they're, they're very engaging. Um, so I, of course, everyone should take it. <laughs> right. That's my number one point. And then I guess number two would be um, tell all your friends. <laughs> and more broadly, um, you know, these courses uh, and particularly Fairhaven are about non-discrimination, right? So don't violate the law. Treat everybody fairly. Um, that's really, though, just the starting point. Uh, compliance with the law, um, we can do more than just not violate the law. Um, we, we can and should advocate for housing opportunities for people who have been historically shut out because of past discrimination. Um, so once you, you've, you've you know, mastered how to not violate the law, then let's take it a step further and learn about, you know, the down payment assistance programs in your area and the different lending programs and lenders that can help um, underserved communities. You know, maybe take on a client um, that needs some additional help, you know, form relationships with your local HUD a certified housing counselor so that you're never turning anyone away. You're, you're giving somebody an on-ramp to come back to you when, when they're ready. Um, so that that's the direction I would take it after you've done all the training. I think that's all ex- excellent advice. And we do look forward to the um, shorter videos that you were talking about. I think many of our brokerages uh, will utilize those during their sales meetings. Uh, it's a small bite way of getting information out on mass uh, to our membership. So we're really happy that you're hard at work on programs like that. I'm anxious to see how everything evolves and the new things that are coming down. I do plan on saving a copy of that video. <laughs> so yes. it's not lost forever or it's in the archives at NAR, but um, yeah, the, the, the partnership with uh, Perception Institute was an amazing de- decision also. So um glad that, that NAR did that. 
So Alexia, thank you so much for joining us here today uh, to discuss Fairhaven and Bias Override as well as Fair Housing Month for April. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it and look forward to having you back at some time when uh, you have new things to share with us. It would be my pleasure and I'm sure that day will come. Yes. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> take care and safe travels, Lexi. All right. Thank you, Karen. You take care too. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.